This episode of the Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Don't know about MyBookie? They are redefining the gaming scene for both sports betting and online casino games. Sign up at MyBookie.ag using the promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN to claim a deposit match up to $1,000. That is right, $1,000. Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and it is Friday after the main show, so I guess we're talking horse racing, Richard. Yes, we're talking horse racing. This is the Breeders' Cup. It's like the, it's kind of like a passing of the seasons. The Kentucky Derby is run usually in the first Saturday of May. It's kind of like a gateway between the end of winter and the beginning of the spring summer, like when the weather really starts to get nice. And now you have the Breeders' Cup, which kind of wraps up the season. And then, you know, they, they set the clocks back last week. So you kind of go from the like the warm embrace of the late fall to like the dark, cold winters. It's the, it's the doorway to that. So it's, a, it's, it's the fat Tuesday of horse racing. The last chance to just get out and get crazy and, and hopefully cash some big tickets. I like that. So where does the Breeders' Cup take place? Well, it, it, it rotates around the country oh. from year to year. And this year it's in Lexington, Kentucky at Keeneland. Oh, Keeneland. We've talked about Keeneland, that track before. It's kind of a funky course, right? Kind of weird things happen over there. Yeah, there's always like long shots. It's one of the more difficult. And they usually, because it's a, it's one of the nicer tracks in the country. And it usually attracts a lot of really high quality horses. Mm-hmm. And and I think, I don't know if the track itself is a little bit deep or, but it's like one of those tracks because horses that are favorites don't always perform as well there as you think they would and i don't know if it's a track issue or it's just there's a you know the quality of horse issue that the, every horse is really good so the difference between the first horse and the last horse is not that much so it, you know it, it's not so much of an upset if the horse with the longest odds actually comes home first because you know if, if your main horse is, has a rating of 100 you know the horse that's in you know last in your rankings might have a rating of 98 jesus so it's pretty tight. <laughs> yeah, most of the time, like I said, they, they get some really good horses, really nice purses, and it's kind of the place where the you know where the where the top jockeys, top trainers, all of the uh, you know the elite of the sport in terms of performance gather mm-hmm. you know to run their you know to run their you know to show off their goods. All right, and this is where the elite handicappers make some money, correct? This is where the elite handicappers make some money, correct? I'm hopefully I can put myself in that elite column this weekend. <laughs> Well, Max might call you near elite on the main show. So near elite. That's near okay. Elite. All right. Max calls me all sorts of things on the main show. Yeah. You should hear it after the show ends too. Whew. Oh. Yeah. I can imagine. I always wonder when I say, all right, guys, I got to roll and hit that X on my uh, Chrome, the sort of stuff that's coming out afterwards. That son of a bitch. Why did you ever bring him on the show in the yeah. first place? <laughs> I say, don't blame me. You said yes. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so, I can see it. So anyway, we're looking at Kingland. Are we looking just Saturday? Well, no, there's races today. Oh, shit. And there are races tomorrow. So today, um, well, first, philosophically, I, I there's so many good horses in the Breeders' Cup. It even kind of magnifies what we talked about at Keeneland because it, this is where you have really big prizes. I think every single Breeders' Cup race has at least a million dollars purse. So you're going to bring in the best horses in the world. And it goes up to $6 million for the Breeders' Cup Classic, the, the closer tomorrow afternoon, oh, tomorrow wow. evening. Yeah. So the difference between the best horses and the worst horses is even tighter. 
And then when you look at the top four or five horses, there's really in almost every single race, you can make a good case for probably half the field, maybe three quarters of the field to actually win. Oh, man. Okay. So in light of that, instead of focusing on races that have a heavy favorite, I look through the card, look through my picks, and I have three races for today, three races for tomorrow, where I focus on the odds versus the um, the, like the picks, where all of my picks have pretty decent odds on them. So if we cash one or two or three tickets out of the six, we should still end up with a profitable day because – when you have five or six horses that out of 10 that can win the race, you know, the horse you have ranked sixth can win the race and kill your ticket if you don't have them in it. So that's why I'm hoping I can catch out of six races at least two tickets. And those two tickets will, you know, hopefully pay really nicely and cover the weekend. I like maybe it. Even, for, even maybe for your pro football bets. <laughs> hopefully. All right. So what race are we looking at today? Well, today we're going to cover three races, race three, race three, race seven, and race nine. So the race three, I think, is the only one I have on my list that's not a Breeders' Cup race, but it's one where I really like the odds. Okay. So it's a, it's a mile and an eighth on the turf. It's the Bryan Station Stakes. And in this race, um, I have number six winning the race. Fancy liqueur. Yeah, we might as well have drinks while we're out, right? There you go. So, horse raced on the turf uh, five times, has three wins, a second and a third. It's coming off the bench after some uh, rest and has trained very well. The last time it came off the bench, <clears throat> excuse me, frog in my throat, finished second, was near the lead all the way around the track, but only missed by a half a length. So, you have a horse that's dropping in class, training pretty well, four to one odds, like I mentioned. Raced six times, including five on the uh, turf, as I already talked about. Is never not finished in the top three. So you kind of like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Perfect record. There's nothing wrong with that. No shit. The next one I have. So we're going from drinking to, uh, to you know, to action with Don Juan Kitten to some romance. Another horse that's done exceptionally well. On the turf, raced seven times, three wins, two wins, I mean, three wins, two seconds, and a third. Uh, start making his first start with the trainer, Michael Maker, who's a really good trainer. Uh, and when he has a horse that's making a first start, he wins at 15% of the time. Teaming up with jockey Flavian Pratt, who's one of the better jockeys in the country. When the uh, two get together, they do fairly well. It's another horse that should be near the front. And uh, I expect that... You know, he, he has the late kick. He has the early pace. He has the early pace figures that could actually get him really far out ahead of everybody else. And then everybody else has to come chase him. So sometimes that can win on these longer races. Lone speed up in the front, four or five lengths in front of everybody. And everybody really has to bust ass to catch up. I dig it. Uh, yeah, I dig it too, especially if, if I'm right about this. <laughs> uh, my third pick is number two. That's no word. Five to one horse. Dropping in class off the highest last race speed figure, one of my favorite angles. So when you're out there and you're looking and you see the combination in your past performance, past performance comments, you know, don't be afraid to play that one. Ran into Belmont Derby, grade one, last out, mile and a quarter. Finished second by, by a head. And if you look at his history, the second race off the bench, he usually improves sharply. It's been a limited career, so you know that 
it's not something that has a lot of data to it. But mm-hmm. if he if he improves as sharply as he did last time out, you know, he's got a really good chance. He's not up front runner, so we got those covered with our first two. He's more of a middle of the pack closing type. And uh, two races back, his late pace figure was just off the charts. So if he's close coming out of that turn, anywhere near that kind of late pace figure, he should be able to run by everybody in the stretch. And then my fourth pick before we do the alternative picks is uh, number 11, and that is Mo Reddy. Another horse that's dropping in class, faced a tougher field last time out. He's going to be near the front, but he's also shown the ability to rate and close. So I like the fact that he has some versatility. If the pace is too slow, he can move up front. If the pace is too fast, he can be patient and then try to close the door. Nice. That's Todd Pletcher on both those horses, No Word and uh, Mo Reddy. So he's Mm -hmm. got two horses dropping class in this race. And he's teamed up with Irad Ortiz, who might be – I mean, he's definitely in the running for one of the best jockeys in the country. Oh so. so Todd's planning on making some money in this race. You're going to find that the better trainers, their names are littered all over yeah. these uh, entrants. You know, some races you have three or four guys, you know, horse with three or uh, – trainers with three or four people uh, on them. So in terms of this race um, – I'm my, my well, before we move forward. The uh, if anybody scratches the nine, it's a foreign horse, and the seven are my two uh, alternative picks. Yeah, the, a little bit longer shots. The nine is scratched. Oh, he is. Yes, Order of Australia hey, well, is scratched. Yeah, well, he's not in uh, my top four anyway. So, okay. if any of the top four pick, then you want to put the seven in there. Gotcha. Cool. So, in terms of betting, yeah, you know, we talk about this. This is absolutely a. Uh, you know what, where we're going to box. Good. So, we learned our lesson, huh? <laughs> well, we're going to go with the 2, 6, 11, 13 box on the exacta. And for the trifecta, we're going to go 2, 6, 13, 2, 6, 11, 13, 2, 6, 7, 11, 13. Okay. So, and I'll... I will, when we're done, I will go ahead and post the picks up on absolute degeneracy. So make sure you head over there uh, so that you have the picks handy when you're ready to make your bets. So now we're going to jump forward to race number seven. It's the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. Uh, It's Today, the the Breeders' Cup races, I think, are all filled with two-year-olds. And we've talked about two-year-olds. You hate two-year-olds. Yeah, I'm not a fan of two-year-olds. Uh, one day they can look great, and then the next day they can look not so great. Um, but that's what we're dealing with. We're getting good odds in this race. Uh, again, again, focusing on kind of value. So my first pick in this race is number six, and that is yeah, – Good luck with that. Yeah. Good, I, I think that they should have changed his name to that. Mutasabeg? Mutasabeg? Beck? Mutasabeg. Mutasa'a'ah Beck. Yeah, whatever his name is. Pick him. Uh, ran on turf the last time out. Put uh, his best speed number on the on the paper. One as the favorite. Again, we got Todd Pletcher here. He wins at 22% following a win. He wins at 17% in the second grass race. Since his last race, Mustafa Beck has, traded, uh, has uh, trained pretty sharply. So I expect that he'll be um, in the mix again. Last time out, 11 horses in the field, started 11th, 10 lengths behind the leader. 
at the track, at the distance, and ended up running away from the pack by two and a half lengths. Maybe they position them a little closer to the front this time so that you know they don't leave everybody hanging. But I would expect that you'll see him make a huge run late and get himself into the mix and make you kind of nervous along the way. Our next pick is, if this race were in, in Canada, you'd have to go with this horse for sure. But number 11, Gretzky the Great. Oh, yeah. Had the highest last race speed rating at Woodbine in, in, in Canada. <laughs> Where else is a horse named Gretzky the Great going to be home? Um, he's won three in a row. This horse will be a little bit more forwardly placed and is another one that's been training, I mean, just training like an Olympic champion, bullet after bullet after bullet. And a bullet workout basically is, well, what it is, is the fastest workout at a distance on that day. So, for example, on October 17th, he did a five furlong training session. 65 other horses did. He put the fastest uh, time of the 65 down on the track during the training session. So it looks like he's sharp, he's training well, should be ready to come off the bench and run. The next horse I have is the nine horse. It's an international horse. It's been running over in Ireland and Britain. There's really not a whole lot of information that you can get on these horses, but looking at some of the data that was available and what I know about the horses that run on grass in like England or Ireland, in Europe relative to the United States, it's always kind of raining over there. The tracks are always kind of soft. The grass is kind of deep. And when those horses come over here, they get a fast track, good groomed grass. Like they don't have lawnmowers over there or something. And they tend to do really well. Sometimes they need a first start uh, on the U.S. soil before they uh, hit their stride. But he looks like one of the better um, European horses in this race. They always show up on Breeders' Cup Day. You can't, you know, you you can't be uh, U.S. centric. You have to include the foreign horses. So, Battleground looks like the best European horse in this race to me. Okay, in my ticket. And then uh, number five, Cadillac looks like the second best uh, foreign invader. <laughs> Get him out of here! A lot of, a lot of uh, Irish Cadillacs out there. Yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of them. <laughs> I would have, uh, yeah, never mind. We won't go there. Um, the uh, Yeah, this Irish Cadillac should do pretty well, too. He's raced pretty well in grade ones and grade twos over in Ireland and Great Britain. Again, probably going to like the fast um, track here. Work to his benefit. Looks to me like he's one that will be in the middle of the pack and then run pretty well late. So, we have the five, the six, the nine, and the 11 as our primary picks. And then we're going to back it up with number eight. That is out to door. And number three, which is Abarta. Those are my picks in the event, um, any of our top four scratch. But it looks like right now, none of them have. No. But by race time, you never know. So once again, we're going to box our exacta. We're going to go with an exacta box of five, six, nine, and 11. And our trifecta is going to be six, nine, 11 in the first leg, five, six, nine, 11 in the second leg, and five, six, eight, nine, 11 to finish up the trifecta. How mad are you going to be if I just box that? <laughs> well, in the it's trifecta? not me that's going to be mad, bro. <laughs> it's going to be you if it doesn't hit, right? Right, right, right. But. <laughs> We we had that you know that uh, we, the potential moment where we learned our lesson to box mm-hmm. trifectas. 
You were bemoaning. Was it Kentucky Derby that you should have just boxed the damn thing or no? I think, yeah. I don't remember which one. We've done so many races. They all kind of blend together after 25 hours of work in 22 hours. Is it worth it? That's my question. Should we box the trifecta or should we just play it like you're going to lay it out? Just, you know, bet the three horses, bet the three horse, you know, like that. If you have the bankroll, it's probably worth it in this particular kind of um, races. Just like to box said, it. If you have the bankroll. Um, because if you can afford to lose the money, then okay. But if you're trying to save a few bucks, then I would play it out like I do. I found that that's best, kind of the best way to to bet. Okay. Um, just from experience. But this weekend is a little bit different because, again, if you look at our, our horses in this particular race, our top horse is five to one. Right. If you just bet that horse to win, it's going to pay at least $12 if it wins. So if you have a five to one on an eight to one and a six to one and a six to one, and you're looking at a field of, I think, what is in this, like 14 horses in this field? If you have 14 horses. So if you think of the possible combinations, it's 14 times 13 times 12, right? Yeah. All the way down to one. I don't know what that works out to be, but there's tens of thousands of possible combinations. With these kind of odds, the number of winning tickets are going to be kind of low. Yeah. And that means you're going to get really nice payouts. So that's why in this particular case, if you have the bankroll and you don't mind boxing them all, if you hit one of them, it's probably going to pay for all your bets for the day. Okay. It's hard to, it's hard to argue. And then our next race for today is race number nine. That's the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf. These are two-year-old <laughs> women. Horses. Oh boy, two-year-old women. That's Moody top on you know stacked on top of Moody, right? So Moody's talked on top of terrible behavior. Or do they go? To I didn't say it. I sure. didn't say it. No, you don't have to say it. Every now and then, I you know I'm not afraid to put myself. God, you out sound there. like Arch now. Yeah, you're wearing off on me. Bad influence or great influence, depending on how you look at it, right? So once again, uh, we're looking at a a field of. Of um, hold on a second, I'm confused myself for a minute. Uh, we're looking at a big field. Yeah, we're looking at again horses that have not great odds in terms of their favorite. Aunt Pearl is the favorite of the race. Raced at Kingdom one times, raced twice. None of them have been close, but still three to one odds on a favorite is a pretty good deal. You have Brad Cox, who we've talked about many times as the trainer. He's been on fire so far at the Keeneland meet, winning at a robust 38%. So he's probably going to eat a little more. And he's teaming up with jockey Florent Garou, the French jockey. They do pretty well together. And this horse looks like the best horse in the field, coming off a grade two win, improved from the first race to the second race, cut its margins, its fractions, its times, to, despite running a 16th of a mile longer. So... I always like to see horses that are improving, improving their fractions, and winning races that aren't close as they step up the ladder. We're going to back him up, her up, excuse her. me, with number four, Plum Ali. This girl has raced three times and won all three of them and improved from race to race to race. This is going to be her third start after a small break, and she raced at the distance last time out and put up her best speed figure. Her trainer, Christoph Clement, is, has not really run many horses down here this year. But the one thing I like about him, he's he's kind of like a turf specialist. At least that's the way I see it. And his horses tend to run pretty well on grass. 
like the fact that this horse is trending up, big, powerful moves in the middle of the race, which a lot of times is where the race is won. So keep an eye out on Plum Ali. And then the next horse is number nine, my fourth pick, Madone. The third horse that we have that has not lost. So you can see oh how quality these races are. You get, you have undefeated horses, all of whom are on upswing, all of whom have a reason they can win. She won a non-graded stakes race last time as the basically even money favorite. Started off the race eighth of ninth, five lengths behind, and just worked her way forward. And they had some pretty good fractions and she worked her way forward. The race before that, she had to run into slow fractions and still found her way forward. That tells me that she's got a really good late run. Mm -hmm. That mid-move again, followed by a long straight kick, um, is going to, I think, play well in this race. And then number 10, Campanelli. It was a horse that started her career at Gulfstream Park down in South Florida. Got on the lead, won pretty, uh, pretty easily. And then decided to go over to England, where in France, where she uh, ran a grade two and one, and then a grade one last time out and one, undefeated in three starts. So here you have our top four horses, and not a loss between them. Jesus, <laughs> that's pretty. Forgetting, I don't swear. That's pretty good um, in terms of uh, winning. My two alternative picks are number eleven, Royal Approval. And number 12, Spanish Love Affair. All right. And again, in terms of uh, betting, you know, it's going to be the keep it simple, stupid. We're going to box the four, the five, the nine, and the 10. And then on the trifecta, we're going four, five, nine, four, five, nine, 10, four, five, nine, 10, and 12. Oh, 12, not 11. Okay. Yeah, I just put them in numerical order in there so I can mix you up. Yeah, that makes sense. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I try to do sometimes. Keep keep it fresh. Yeah. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate yeah. that shit. Yeah, you're welcome. So if, if those races are... Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJ's Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy, insane, maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today all today yes so one of the things you might think about doing if you haven't done it already is to head over to mybookie.ag put in the code absolute degen and whatever you deposit they'll match you up to one thousand dollars so it's a good weekend 
for this. I mean, you couldn't pick a better weekend to take advantage of that bonus. A thousand dollars. So if you put in a thousand, you're getting another thousand to bet these races. If you hit, you know, a nice trifecta, one of these trifectas, maybe you could win another thousand, two thousand dollars. You could be looking at sitting on thousands and thousands of dollars for the rest of the NFL season. You could, and you could piss it all away listening to Rich's picks. (laughs) You you could when I do those square sucker bets (laughs) and go one and three. But then again, I do bounce back and make up for it with plus 220 soccer lines. So That's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So make sure you head over to mybookie.ag, absolute degen. You're going to help us grow the show, and you're going to help yourself grow your bankroll. It's a win-win for everybody. Hell yeah. You you get so few of those nowadays. (laughs) So now we're going to take a time travel machine and jump forward to tomorrow. Still at Keeneland. Breeders' Cup races, and we're going to start with the Breeders' Cup turf sprint in race five. 18. 18 horses? Well, there's 14 of them are in the race. Okay. And um, four of them are like also entries. Gotcha. So one of the other horses that are in the race would have to scratch. And um, so far, I'm not sure that any have done that. So far, no one's scratched yet. No. Right. So looking at race five, um, five and a half furlongs, short race, you would expect um, speed to be the, the play. Yeah. But you're going to get so many horses that kind of battle out for the lead. And I, I think it could actually play well for horses that kind of rate and then run. So they're going to let the the kind of what I call cheap speed, but there is no such thing as cheap speed in this field. All the horses are good. But I can see horses trying to really get out to the lead, run fractions that are a little bit too fast and set up the race for horses that like to kind of just sit right behind the leaders and then decide to take them on late. So my top pick in this race is number seven, uh, Leinster. is a horse that's run at Keeneland four times. It's got three wins and a second. Again, another handicapping tip is uh, horses for the course is what I call it. For whatever reason, horses play pretty well, or maybe they have a home track. I don't know. And those horses that do well at those courses, they might run elsewhere and just bomb. But when they come back home, they do pretty well. Mm. Case in point, last time out, um, well, if you look at this horse, for example, he's got three wins and four races at Keeneland. He has two races, uh, two wins in 18 races anywhere else. Came back to Keeneland for his last race, his first since July, so long break. Five and a half furlongs on the turf, just like today. Ran one of his best speed figures, tied for it in a win. His history says he's going to get better in race two. If he gets better in race two, probably be, I don't know, fourth or fifth out of the gates and then uh, hit the gas and come home with the W. At least that's the plan. At least the way I'm planning it out anyway. <laughs> Let's do it. I like it. Uh, the three horse in Primus is my next pick. It's another horse that's done pretty well at the course two times, win in a third. I'm looking at his races at these distance numbers. So five and a half furlongs. He's run five and a half furlongs, I think, four times. So a horse that likes the distance. Three wins in a third. Four races. Never been out of the money. Usually a winner. And I, I kind of like that. Comes off the bench uh, fresh. So he's been uh, on the sidelines training a little bit. 
And when his last race, speed numbers are right there. Distance numbers are right there. Likes to track. Kind of not a lot to dismiss with the three horse. Uh, number 12, we're going to go to the outside. Uh-oh. Yes. Well, you know, believe it or not, even in these short races, usually inside speed wins. Yeah. But the farther you get away from the rail, the higher the winning percentages go. Really? Norm- okay. Yeah. But normally there's not 14 horses in a race. Yeah. So maybe you get, you know, eight, nine, or 10. But as these races are deep, thick, and you're going to have a lot of good horses. Got Stormy is a girl here. Um, five-year-old mare. Another horse that's done pretty well at Keeneland with a with a win and a third. Uh, she raced last time five and a half furlongs at Keeneland. One came off the pace from a hot pace. And again, I kind of expect a pretty hot pace again tomorrow. And found her way to the winner's circle and, and did so in, in pretty good timing. In the stretch, she entered the stretch uh, sixth of the 10 horses and managed to pass everybody and get to the tape first by a nose. I love power moves. I'm an absolute huge fan of power moves. That's a power move. And if she makes a similar move, a you know, similar jump at the tape, uh, God Stormy is going to put herself in a pretty good spot to win. And then our final pick is number eight, Alexandra, another girl that's uh, racing with the boys. She's uh, raced once at Keeneland, one, three times at the distance, two wins, and a third. It's training okay, um, and, and is probably the most consistent horse in the race in terms of speed figures. Continues to get a little bit better race after race after race, but there's not any of these kind of like big yo-yo swings where one race is really good and one race is not so good. Gotcha. So she's another one that will capitalize on an early fast pace. And uh, she rounds out my top four picks. If any of those scratch, we're going to go in order this time, number one. And that is Big Runerer on the rail. I would probably have rated this horse higher, but in the six races that they've run, the rail horse at the distance um, or at the so far at the meet, none of the rail horses have won at this distance. Mm. So, I mean, a zero is kind of hard to overlook. Right. And then number four is my second alternative horse, Front Run the Fed, which is great advice for investing. No and ifs or buts about it. And we're going to play the box game again. We're keeping it simple. We're going to box the five, the six, the 12, and the 14 on our exacta. And then our trifecta is going to be uh, hold on a second, folks. I wrote something down wrong there. We're going to box the three, the seven, twelve, the eight, and the twelve. Yeah. Uh, and then on our trifecta is going to be seven, three, seven, twelve with three, eight, seven, twelve with three, uh, one, three, eight, seven, twelve. Gotcha. Yep. Uh, now. I have to I have to mark that down real quick. Excuse me, real fast. Oh, no problem. I'm gonna have to go make that uh, edit in the uh, in the um, guaranteed tip sheets. <laughs> oh, yes. And all right. So now we're gonna switch forward to race number uh, six tomorrow. And how can you not love a race called Big Ass Fans Breeder Cup? I like third it. Mile. Yeah. Like hell it. yeah. This isn't the Thurston Howell the third. This is the Big Ass Fans. 
Yes, this is the big. This is for the you know for, for the folks like you and me, the ones that get out there and get dirty, baby. Yeah. We don't we don't starch our shirts. We just iron them. Or maybe you starch yours. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I pick mine out of a laundry hamper and go, baby. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. But I work at my desk in a pair of boxers and t shirt, and no one gets to see me. So it's right. a beautiful thing. So we're gonna start off here with uh, Owendale. Is a one for one at Keeneland, two for two at the distance. He's going to make his third start off the break for trainer Brad Cox. That's a 28% angle. Last time out, he was the favorite in a grade three, the Pimlico special, under even money odds. He came in second by two lengths. Uh, Mr. Cox comes back uh, with beaten favorites to win at 31% of the time. So you got a pretty strong uh, trainer jockey combo. You got a horse making his third start off the break should be at or near his best, and you got an angle where a horse was bet well by the public and failed to live up to its living to its um, expectations, but should do so in this race. So that's number twelve, Owendale. Number twelve, Owendale, huh? And then our next horse is number. Three, no, hold on a second. Number one, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place here. I have too many notes. Yeah, that's Art Collector. And let me just exit this out. Art Collector, it was one of the favorites, in my opinion, to win the Preakness. He hadn't run in a little a few months, kind of ran a flat race to Swiss Skydiver and Authentic. Those two ran just a brilliant race that day, if you remember. And then he got passed late by uh, Jesus's team. I expect he'll be better uh, this time around because since the Preakness, he's been on the track a couple times training. The last two times, as we mentioned already, he put in some bullet workouts. You'll know right away if our collector's in this race because uh, if he is, he'll be forwardly placed. He'll be probably first or second out of the gates. And when he's first or second out of the gates, he's won four out of six on a fast track. If he's not first or second out of the gate, yeah, then you're going to have some problems with him. So you're going to know right away if Art Collector's in it to win it. And I expect based upon his training sessions, he is going to be sharp, come out of the gates flying and ready to go. Our next pick is number five, Nick's Go. It's probably the only place a Nick's might actually win something. <laughs> and this horse um, was a Kentucky Derby contender and then uh, I think got hurt. So um, and then didn't really go on the Kentucky Derby Trail. Another really fast horse, but he took some time off. He hasn't. He didn't race since uh, February. Came back on October fourth to run at Keeneland. Got to the lead and just extended his lead one by ten. Now that was at an optional claiming race, so nowhere near the kind of caliber of horses that he's going to face today in a second off a break. But when you look at that speed figure, the time in the bench, the training did him some pretty well. He made a substantial step forward, could make another step forward today. Again, trainer Brad Cox loading up the field with his horses. If he runs the same race that he ran last time, doesn't have to improve a nickel, not a penny. He runs the same race, he's going to win this race. I'm thinking that he might take a little step backwards, but he could still take a little bit step forward. Um, So that's why I kind of hedge a little bit and have him racing third. And then uh, the last pick in our top four is number 10, Complexity. This is the favorite at two to one. Making his third start off a break, trending really well on the first two. Uh, Three for three at the distance, five of eight on a fast track. Horse basically wins or doesn't do anything. Uh, I expect 
that he'll do all, all right. Again, I'm a little worried sometimes when horses haven't run over the Keeneland surface. He has not run over the Keeneland surface. That's why I have um, the favorite in my fourth spot. But you can't overlook the Chad Brown, Jose Ortiz, jockey, trainer combo. These two guys win at an amazing 39% together. Oh, okay. And the thing is, Chad Brown usually is, uh, you know, has he's one of the best trainers in the country. He usually has low-priced horses. So when you go to the track, you see a Chad Brown horse, he's usually going to be one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to turn a profit um, like that. These two together, even though they're riding horses, have have a positive return on investment. Yeah. So not many jockey trainers, you look across the numbers, most numbers are negative ROIs. It's one of the few today and tomorrow that have a positive ROI. Take that in mind. Uh So that's our top four. Number nine is our first alternative, Mr. Freeze. Number seven is our second alternative, and that's Rushy. So here we go again with our boxes. We're going to go 1, 5, 10, and 12 on the exacta. And on the trifecta, we're going to go 1, 5, 12, 1, 5, 10, 12, 1, 5, 9, 10, and 12. I like it, man. I like it. All right. So now my uh, the last race of the day. This is it. This is it, baby. This is all. This is the six million dollar race, the Breeders' Cup Classic, the one that slams the door on the on the summer and fall, and leads us right into the cold of winter. Um, my top pick here is a horse that you probably remember me talking about before. It's number four, Tom's Day Tot. Tom's Day Tot. Yeah. Last time we had him on our ticket at the Whitney at Saratoga. The race was over when the race started for him. He came out, went to his knees, and never really was in the race, but still managed to finish third as the even money favorite. Prior to that, he had won four in a row, five of six, and he's put together nine consecutive triple-digit speed figures. That's that's incredible. I mean, that's only the kind of stuff you see from really top-tier horses. I think... If he doesn't go to his knees, last time out, you know, he was expected to beat Improbable, who is the favorite in this race. Mm-hmm. I think doesn't go to his knees, training well, will get back on the winning streak. On a fast surface, he's won 8 of 12 with a second and two-thirds. He'll give you a real honest effort if the track is fast and hard. My second pick is n- is uh, number two, and that's Tis the Law. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Nah, just won the uh, Kentucky Derby. I mean, finished second in the Kentucky Derby. He, um, won a Traverse Stake. He won the Belmont Stakes. Uh, he had a really tough race against Authentic last time, but it was a pretty good, pretty hard-fought race. He hadn't really taken a break. He was racing on a pretty regular schedule, and it needed a rest. I think he comes back and, and shows well in this particular race again. He'll get out towards the front. He'll probably be fourth or fifth, not too far off the leaders. Has a really strong mid-move that we talked about before. A lot of horses win that race, win the races in the mid-move. Going to make a strong mid-move and then uh, have a shot at the tape at the end. On a fast track, the only race he's never won was the Kentucky Derby. Seven times on a fast track, six wins and a second 
as the beaten favorite under uh, even money odds. Can't overlook that sort of no, uh, no, can't. record no. whatsoever at all. The next horse I have in my list is number eight, Improbable. It's a horse that last year for the Kentucky Derby was the favorite, disappointed. Before the Kentucky Derby, Bob Baffert said of the, all the horses he had in the Kentucky Derby last year, I think he had like three or four of them. He thought it was his best horse. Kind of one of those horses that never really lived up to its expectations. And then in 2020, came back and seems to have found his groove. Whatever it is Bob Baffert's done to him, <laughs> uh, it seems to have worked. He's won four in a row. He's improved from race to race to race. And he's been training exceptionally well since his awesome, again, stakes win over maximum security. And just ran away from the field in the last three races. I can't. It's a high-quality horse. Seems to have found a stride. Huge mid and late pace numbers. So if he's close to the front out of the gates, he's another horse that's going to make a big move going into the turn and has the late legs to, to finish it off. And then my last pick here, and I was going back and forth, was between Authentic and my boy Maximum Security. Yes. And Maximum Security looked really tired in his last race. Uh They've been dragging this horse all around the world, (laughs) Saudi Arabia, New York, California, Kentucky. Looked tired last out, so I went with Authentic. Wow. Yes. And Authentic is... Coming off of the winning of the Kentucky Derby, finished second by a neck to Swiss Skydiver in the Preakness. And while losing to Swiss Skydiver was a disappointment, when you dig a little deeper, those Kentucky Derby and Preakness times were amongst some of the fastest in Kentucky Derby and Preakness history. So it took something exceptional to beat Authentic in the Preakness it might take something exceptional to beat Authentic in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Again, um, looking at our, our wager here, we're going to box the two, four, eight, and nine for our exacta. Good. And for our trifecta, we're going to go two, four, eight, two, four, eight, nine, two, four, eight, nine, and then we're going to throw in our boy Maximum Security number 10 to wrap it up. I like it. I like it. Sounds good. Yeah. And right now I'm dizzy. <laughs> it's been a long week for you. Long week indeed. Early mornings to go over uh, my square sucker players. <laughs> and then uh, late nights handicapping all this stuff just to find out at the last minute I made a mistake. So in terms of how I laid things out on paper for guaranteed tip sheet. So I got to alert Chris to that as quickly as possible. He's going to be cool about it too. Chris won't, Chris won't be upset at all. Nah, he really is usually pretty cool oh, about it, okay. but yeah, I mean, he, you know, he does the same thing. So when, when, when you're typing, all right. So just to give you an idea, I put together a, um, the, uh, what they call the wager guide. So you want to go over yeah. to guaranteed chip sheet and get that. Yeah, yeah. So the wager guide for, um, for Saturday, it's two days. So for Saturday is just shy of 6,000 words. There you go. Uh, for today, it's just shy of 5,000 words. That's 11,000 words that I had to type in two days, a little a little longer than two days. So to make one mistake out of 11,000 words, hey, not bad. Not, not, not so bad. No. 
All right, so that's the takeaway. We're going to make some money this weekend. We are going to hit the exactas and trifecta. Do you have a preference? Like, if we're talking about limiting bet size, we should be betting trifectas over exactas, right? Well, no, actually, for me, the way way. I kind of like to do things. Yeah. And it's it really is a personal preference. But the way I kind of like to do things is I like to start with exactas because you only have to have two horses, mm-hmm. your first and second place horse. So your odds of winning, the, the, the number of possible combinations, it, it goes down. So your odds of winning go up. And in this kind of day, you can still hit some pretty nice exactas that can pay well into the hundreds of dollars. Okay. And then so a lot, it depends on like your bankroll. So if you're Mr. Moneybags and money's not an issue, then just bet everything. If you're like most, um, if you're like most uh, horse players or degenerates that want to bet on sports, your bankroll is limited. So what I try to do is I try to start with exactas, and if I hit a couple exactas and build my bankroll, then I expand into the more expensive bets. So that's our strategy for t- today and tomorrow: start with exactas, work into mm-hmm. trifectas. Unless you have the bankroll, and yeah. you know how you can get that bankroll. How's that? You can go over to mybookie.ag and double your bankroll, right? That's it? Up yeah, to $1,000. Up to $1,000. Right. And But you have to put in, the most important thing is to get that, you have to put in absolute legion in the uh, in the code. You're goddamn right. Absolutely. All right. So let's hit these races today. Let's let's see a lot of cocks. I haven't seen this many cocks since I was on a Zoom call with Jeffrey Tubin. So. <laughs> I don't know how do you I, I can't add anything to that so that's all folks information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations under no circumstances will the owner operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents